If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Excuse me. Taxi. Come on, what are you doing? This is the 77 WABC minicast. Very pleased uh, to welcome to the program uh, Donovan Tilsey. Um, he is a gold medalist in the Paralympics. He has been a gold medalist in the Paralympics. He has led a fascinating life in, spa- in, in spite of the fact that uh, he's only spent four decades on this planet. He's accomplished a lot, done a lot, experienced a lot in a, a short amount of time. And uh, rumor has it he's even a fan of this show. Donovan, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Hey, Frank. Thanks for having me on. It's a real honor to uh, to come on the show. Now, just so folks understand your story, uh, Donovan, because it does color some of what we're going to be talking about. You were born you were born blind, right? I was born completely blind with a condition known as uh, Leber's congenital amaurosis, uh, which is similar to RP, retinitis pigmentosa, which uh, for me, in my case, I was basically born without the use of of my retina. So effectively been completely 100% blind since birth. And how was that? I mean, maybe it sounds like such a naive question, and I'm sure you get this all the time. But what was that like growing up? I'm sure in some ways it's more difficult than someone who once had sight and lost it. But I could see a number of scenarios in which maybe it was a bit easier because this was the only life you ever knew. What was your experience growing up blind? Frank, I would say I think it's definitely easier because I've spent enough time and met other blind and visually impaired people over the years. And I know that losing sight, especially later in life, uh, can be a real psychological challenge. Uh, It's losing your identity. It's losing your independence. You're just talking about uh, the ability to drive, which is obviously one thing that I can't do. And for somebody, say, who's grown up and been able to see and can drive and can get around independently uh, that way, and then having that taken from you, that that would be a huge challenge. But basically, for me, this is all I've known. And I'm quite lucky in that I grew up in a family with uh, with parents. My 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 dad uh, unfortunately passed away seven and a half years ago. Was oh, sorry. Uh, was, no, no, he was a physician. He was a doctor. Oh um, well, then good riddance. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ironically, he himself he was an endocrinologist, but passed away of pancreatic cancer. So it just goes the way the world. Oh, well, that's, but that's but right. he and it was a doctor, and my mom was a nurse, and so. Being born, I guess, into a medical family, uh, they went through the whole gamut of emotions when their first son, me, came out blind. But they realized that just because I couldn't have or didn't have sight, uh, there was no reason why I couldn't be exposed to anything else that a child with sight would be exposed to. So it meant that I was uh, involved in various activities, uh, sports, artistic, uh, from a young age. And they are also... Uh, very strong in you know teaching me 
things that sighted people uh, would normally take for granted. Like, say, if you're talking to somebody, you look up at their face, you look them in the eye, uh, you present yourself in a certain way, uh, you know, don't rock back and forth when you're talking to people or do weird mannerisms so that, you know, people will accept and understand you. Uh, because they knew that as a blind person, there would be a few more challenges to overcome in the world. And yeah, if it weren't weren't for them, I definitely wouldn't be here today. Well, that's great. And uh, I know you, you talk about involvement in sports. I know you've always had an affinity for swimming, which we're going to talk about in in a minute. But like a lot of blind people that I've met over the years, you're a, a big radio fan. But unlike a lot of radio fans that I've met over the years, you were the co-founder of something called 101.5 Whistler FM. What is that? What is Whistler FM? So for those who don't know, Whistler is the ski resort town about two hours north of Vancouver. Um, and skiing was one of the sports that uh, I have always enjoyed throughout the years. And some years ago, I guess 15, 20 years ago, uh, my dad and I uh, connected with a guy who owned a radio or was the president of a radio station in Vancouver and had this idea that we would um, purchase a low-power tourist information station in Whistler, um, turn around the product, product, make it sound good, and then apply to the uh, CRTC, kind of Canada's version of the FCC, uh, to get a local um, commercial music station on the ground. And this guy thought, wisely, uh, we got Donovan on the team, who's blind, a visible minority, uh, we have a good chance of getting a license. And so we, we went through that process. Uh, and we ended up um, getting the license for the uh, Music FM station. Uh, unfortunately, it came, came to a point where my dad and I uh, got bought out before the station actually started. Uh, but that being said, it's been going strong for about 11 years uh, now, and I'm still very close friends with the guy who, who runs it. So to be... Uh, kind of in behind the scenes watching a radio station get built, uh, being a part of the launch, even uh, uh, making up Braille labels for the control board so that I could potentially operate wow. it. Well, yeah, it was a, it was yeah. a pretty major um, thing to be a part of. And for somebody who's loved radio, I got to tell you, um, and I think there, I, I know for a fact that I'm sure you've got a, a bunch of other blind listeners, but radio has always been the soundtrack to my life. Anytime I go to a no, new city to be able to check out a radio station, turn it on, hear the personalities, uh, it's really something that's been important to me for essentially since age five or six, uh, which has also led me down a, a path of learning about radio uh, from the past. Like, I don't think I would have uh, found your show, ultimately, if I hadn't years ago gone down the Music Radio 77 WABC rabbit hole and uh, found that amazing tribute site from uh, Alan Sniffen and uh, the New York Radio message board and um, got to listen to all those great air checks from the past, which has kind of led me to to have a far greater understanding and appreciation for the medium. Well, that that's terrific, uh, except for the fact that, you know, Alan Sniffen doesn't allow any positive comments about me to be posted on that message board. So other than that, everything you said is, uh, is just terrific. Now, uh, I thought that I was doing the right thing by my son by trying to get him swimming lessons when he's starting at a, a year and a half old. I said, we're starting him off young. This is going to be great. Apparently, your 
parents uh, put me to shame because they had you in the pool before you were even six months old. And by nine years old, you had joined your first swim team. What swim team are you joining at nine years old? It was the swim team from our our local club that we were a part of. And basically the coach was watching uh, my dad and I uh, interact on the pool deck. My dad coached uh, back in a previous life as a a, uh, teenager, young adult, and would suggest to me at age nine that we would race across the pool, a 25-meter pool. And... You know, one week I would get in and do the the length in 23 seconds, and then the next it would be 22. And then uh, I still remember when my mom got me that Speedo, and I was able to do it in under 20 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And this coach said, this is uh, Donovan might have some potential here as a swimmer. Uh, Maybe he'd like to join the swim team. And I thought it would be a great way to kind of build on that, um, meet some other friends, um, and pursue something that I was becoming really passionate about. Well, that's terrific. When did you have an inkling that you wanted to pursue participating in the Paralympics? You know, I was 12 years old, and I had, uh, I was attending my first ever um, provincial for the province of uh, British Columbia a championship, the BC Games for athletes with disabilities. And I met a couple of people there who were about to go to Atlanta because it was then 1996 and compete in the in the Paralympics. And up until that time, I had no idea that such a thing even existed for somebody with a disability to keep, compete at that elite, elite level. And so basically, I kept that in the back of my mind, continued to swim and, and train and develop. And in about 1999, so the, the year before that, uh, the Sydney Games, um, my dad basically offered to coach me full time. So before I would go to school and before he, he would go to work. Uh, and we started on this amazing journey and I was able to drop my uh, times enough to qualify to make the games in 2000 and walked away from Sydney uh, at age 16 with a bronze medal in the 200 individual medley. 